today we're going to go on in the fruit of the spirit to the topic of gentleness. It's a very weird topic for today because we don't hear much about this. We don't see much of it in evidence, even among Christians. And yet it's something that we should be seeing among those who are born again and have the Holy Spirit living in them. 1 Thessalonians 2, 6 through 8 says, We were not looking for praise from men, not from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we could have been a burden to you, but we were gentle among you, like a mother caring for her little children. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. That's the way we ought to be with others as well. Uh, we care about them, and because of that, they become dear to us, and we treat them with gentleness. <clears throat> Paula is mentioned in the Bible as being an example of gentleness. Now, you know, unfortunately, we don't normally think of Paul as being gentle, um, you know, maybe because of his character before he was saved. Uh, you know, where he was really the opposite of gentleness. But really, uh, he was, you know, he was a man who delighted in persecuting Christians and even stood by as Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, was stoned to death. But when Jesus Christ reached out and saved him on the road to Damascus, Paul began to be a changed man. Isn't it wonderful that that's what the Lord does for us? That's where our relationship with Jesus Christ and believing in him as your Savior and Lord will do for you. It will change you. You know, I'm not the same person I was when I was 21 or so, and neither is anyone else who's been saved. The indwelling Holy Spirit changes the believer. Now, to be gentle is defined in the dictionary as kindly, amiable, mild, not severe, uh, rough or violent, honorable, respectable, polite, refined, noble. But we also have a definition of what gentle means in the verses we just read about the apostles. First of all, it says, not looking for praise from men. Those who are gentle do not look for fame and applause for what they say and do. They do what they do because they do it unto the Lord. 1 Peter 4.11 says, If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Any true believer knows that it is God to whom belongs all the praise, not us. When we serve the Lord, we truly serve him and not ourselves. The, unfortunately, though, that lets out most of the preachers, tell, you know, televangelists on TV, who make a big show, but do not have a gentle spirit, and, because they're looking for praise from men. The kind of attitude of many modern preachers today does not reflect the fruit of the spirit that was in the original apostles, which makes it a way to test a person whether they're truly a believer or not. 
The second point is, it says, we were gentle among you like a mother caring for her little children. Gentleness is illustrated most commonly and most accurately by the picture of a mother caring for her children. A mother doesn't throw her young children at the wall, doesn't allow them to go out and play in the street, doesn't ignore their needs. She's patient with them, she feeds them, she clothes them, she teaches them, she holds them when they cry and laughs with them when they're happy. God is the perfect picture of gentleness because God does the same things for his children that a good mother does for her children. We're just talking about some things that the Lord has done. He's always good. He takes care of us. The apostles cared for those they brought the gospel to. They did this by being patient to explain fully the gospel of Jesus Christ to them, to feed them the word of God, to clothe them in acts of righteousness, to teach them sound doctrine, and to be there with them to share in their joys and sorrows. That's how we ought to be as well. The third point is this. It says, we loved you so much. You know, gentleness as a fruit of the Spirit comes from a heart full of love. We are told to love the brethren, those who belong to the body of Christ. 1 Peter 1.22 says, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have some sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. You know, sometimes it's, it's difficult to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. We, but we are told to treat them with gentleness, even when they stray from the truth. We are to pull them from the fire and save them even as they're falling, even, you know, even as they're falling down. Or do to do that with gentleness. But the Lord goes further, telling us that we are to even love our enemies. Luke 6:35, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. This is always a difficult uh, idea. It doesn't come from the world. It certainly doesn't come from our sinful nature. It's quite the opposite. But that's what uh, characterizes true believers. Your reward will be great. Then you'll be sons of the Most High because he's kind to the ungrateful and wicked. He was kind to us when we were ungrateful and wicked. It's something we need to always remember. The reasons we're to love our enemies is because even God is kind to the wicked by giving them every chance to repent and turn to him. I firmly believe that. I firmly believe the Lord gives people many, many chances to repent. Well, we ought to do the same, keeping in mind that God's not willing that any should perish, but all come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's the love of God. When we have the fruit of gentleness in our lives, we turn insults and hatred away and we turn it into love. We react in a gentle way toward those who hate us. Hey, it's not easy. I am not telling you it's easy. I'm not telling you I'm a perfect example of it. This is something I've had to learn 
over and over again. And the Lord continues to teach me on this subject. The fourth point is, it says, they were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. As gentle servants of God, we should be happily sharing the gospel to everyone. That's the mark of a true believer. But we don't stop there. We also share our lives with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We uphold one another in prayer. We help each other with our needs. We cry with those who cry and laugh with those who laugh. We sharpen one another in the things of the Lord. We don't tear one another down and gossip behind people's backs. Uh-oh. Unfortunately, that becomes a part of a lot of churches today. We don't ignore people's needs when they're hurting. We have true compassion for them, and our actions come out in gentleness. The fifth point is this. You had become so dear to us. You know, anything that's dear or precious to you, you'll treat with gentleness. You know, if you just bought a new uh, CD player, you don't want to go, go out and throw it against the wall. If your children borrow it and you're careful to tell them, you're careful to tell them not to drop it or spill Coke on it. When something is dear to us, we treat it with gentleness. It should be that way with our brothers in Christ. They should be dear to us so that we don't treat them violently or harshly or anger, but we treat them as though they are a prized possession. You know, gentleness shows itself in the way we treat others. If we love them and consider them to be of value, we will treat them the same way God treats us. Now, I'm talking about our actual brothers in the Lord. I'm not saying to be, you know, forgiving of false teachers. We are to mark and avoid them. We are to expose them as what they are. But we really need to be gentle and and loving and compassionate with people. That's the mark of, true mark of the Holy Spirit. Now there's some, uh, there's some uh, stories that I want to uh, tell you. Um, this first one's called the fish tank. At their school carnival, our kids won four free goldfish, lucky us. So out I went Saturday morning to find an aquarium. The first few I priced ranged from $40 to $70. Then I spotted it right in the aisle, a discarded 10-gallon display tank, complete with gravel and filter, for a mere 5 bucks. Sold! Of course, it was nasty dirty, but the savings made the two hours of cleanup a breeze. Those four new fish looked great in their new home, at least for the first day. But by Sunday, one had died. Too bad, but three remained. Monday morning revealed a second casualty, and by Monday night, a third goldfish was belly up. We called in an expert, a member of our church who had a 30-gallon tank. It didn't take him long to discover the problem. I'd washed the tank with soap, an absolute no-no. <laughs> My uninformed efforts had destroyed the very lives I was trying to protect. 
You know, sometimes in our zeal to clean up our own lives or the lives of others, we unfortunately use killer soaps, things like condemnation, criticism, nagging, fits of temper. We think we're doing right, but our harsh self-righteous treatment is more than they can bear. You know, this is a good story to illustrate that we need to be careful to always be gentle in our dealings with people. This doesn't mean that we do not stand up for the truth or even separate ourselves from false teachers, warning others to stay away. But we treat people with gentleness, keeping in mind that God is looking for repentance from them. Sometimes this involves being careful not to offend someone because it may push them further away from the truth. Sometimes it means being pretty blunt with them, not in a harsh way, but in a way that will challenge them to return to the Lord. John the Baptist called the Pharisees snakes as they were coming to be baptized by John. But he did so to challenge them to repent instead of doing it for a show to look holy. We think what we did was not loving. We think what he did was not loving, but he knew what kind of people they were and realized that they needed to know who they were, which was hypocrites. What he said did not hurt them, but it, I believe that because he challenged them to truly re repent, a few of them did later on. You know, we must always balance two things in our walk with Christ, telling the truth and doing it with gentleness. James S. Hewitt said this, tact is the art of making a point without making an enemy. As we study the character and teaching of the apostles, we can see good examples of how this plays out in real life. Someone once said, I have three precious things which I hold and prize. The first is gentleness. The second is frugality. And the third is humility, which keeps me from putting myself before others. Be gentle and you can be bold. Be frugal and you can be liberal. Avoid putting yourself before others and you can become a leader among men. Charles Haddon Spurgeon also wrote, while preaching on John 13, 14, the duty of the disciples to wash one another's feet, Mr. Fennell, uh, Finlayson of Helmsdale observed one way in which the disciples watch one another's feet is by reproving one another. But the reproof must not be couched in angry words so as to destroy the effect, nor in tame so as to, fa uh, to fail of effect. Just as in washing a brother's feet, you must not use boiling water to scold, to scold scald, nor frozen water to freeze them. This is a good example of how to balance rebuke and reproof when trying to help brothers in the Lord or enemies alike. First Peter 3.15 says, but in your hearts set apart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This next story is called No Substitutes. A woman was suffering from depression, so she, so her concerned husband took her to a psychiatrist. 
the doctor listened to the couple talk about their relationships and then said, the treatment I prescribe is really quite simple. With that, he went over to the man's wife, gathered her up in his arms and gave her a big kiss. He then stepped back and looked at the woman's glowing face and broad smile. Turning to the woman's husband, he said, see, that's all she needs to put new life back in her. Expressionless, the husband said, okay, doc, I can bring her in. I can bring her in on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> you know, this amusing story is to illustrate that there is really no substitute for love and caring. As we've already learned, love is evidence in gentleness. When we care for those we love, we will be concerned for their needs, even above our own. This should be the case in marriage relationships, as well as with our children, our friends, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and even with those who hate us. Well, as Christians, the fruit of the Spirit will come out in our lives. And one of those fruits is gentleness. We're to clothe ourselves in the fruit of the Spirit. It's a conscious choice we make to submit ourselves to Christ and to serve him and his purposes in our lives rather than giving in to our carnal nature. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You know, if we're living in the spirit, in the love of Christ, gentleness will be ev evident to everyone. Philippians 4, 5 says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Oh, we got to remember that, folks, don't we? The Lord is near. Therefore, we need to make sure that we are gentle with everyone.